0: Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 42. Baltimore Police Department's drone initiative gets okay from federal court, and Tucson creates new ordinance to deter aggressive First Amendment auditors. From Baltimore, Maryland, the Pulitzer Center reports AUS. District Court Judge gave the go-ahead Friday to a controversial Baltimore Police Department pilot program known as Aerial Investigation Research, which will collect images of vehicle and pedestrian movements across 90 percent of the city, up to 12 hours daily, for six months starting this week, among his reasons for green-lighting the program, Judge Richard D. Bennett cited previous court rulings that have allowed warrantless camera surveillance and the highly relevant level of violence afflicting the city of Baltimore. The Baltimore Police Department has described the widespread aerial surveillance system as simply a creative, technological assist in fighting crime. Critics in the American Civil Liberties Union, which filed a lawsuit on April 9 seeking to halt the police department program, have decried the privately operated spy planes as an unconstitutional invasion of personal privacy and freedom from unreasonable government searches. Judge Bennett concluded, however, that the American Civil Liberties Union lawsuit plaintiffs failed to meet the heavy burden needed to support a preliminary injunction, in a city plagued by violent crime and desperately in need of police protections. The public interest clearly does not favor the imposition of a preliminary injunction blocking constitutionally sound police programs, Bennett said in his opinion, the aerial investigation research pilot program may proceed. the American Civil Liberties Union, which plans to appeal the decision disagreed, in particular on constitutional and civil rights grounds, it is tragic and unacceptable that the failures of the Baltimore Police Department, and the city's long-term unwillingness to address the root causes of crime, have now led to the decision to impose the most far-reaching mass surveillance program in American history here in Baltimore, David Rocha, senior staff attorney at the American Civil Liberties Union of Maryland, said after the ruling, if allowed to stand, This ruling is a decision that the city, and the country, will come to regret. Baltimore is a city with a terrible history of racism and lack of accountability for abuses by police, which only further compounds our concerns about this program's potential for misuse, Roca added. We are hopeful that the courts will eventually recognize the serious constitutional issues here and stop the persistent aerial surveillance program, a previously secretive, publicly undisclosed iteration of the program first reported by Bloomberg Businessweek in 2016 after a tweet inquiring about the strange constant circling of planes overhead, was halted amid condemnations from civil liberties advocates. Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison said he was pleased by the federal court ruling and that it will enable city police to move forward with the program as scheduled. The planning of the program's implementation has been measured and deliberate, putting into place additional safeguards, oversight and review. Harrison said in a statement released by the department, I take very seriously the utilization of every legal and moral tool to address the unacceptable levels of violence that often besieges our most marginalized communities. The program will be submitted to great scrutiny during this pilot phase and I will continue to be cautiously optimistic about the potential. Ultimately, the data will show us the efficacy of this technology as a potential tool for the department in solving and reducing violent crime. The estimated nearly $3.7 million cost of the pilot will be funded by Arnold Ventures, a limited liability corporation founded by Texas philanthropists John Arnold, a former Enron executive and hedge fund manager, and his wife, attorney Laura Arnold. Future costs or funding support for the program remains unclear. Harrison has said previously it is in the private company's interest to abide by the memorandum of understanding limitations with the department. Part of the existing Memorandum of Understanding includes transparency around any potential technology upgrades. For example, the production of higher-resolution images beyond one pixel per person, which currently prevents identification by race or gender, police say. If the program is shown to be effective in Baltimore, There is every likelihood it could prove attractive to cities and towns across the country. Ohio-based persistent surveillance systems and Arnold Ventures are relying on us to vouch for them, Harrison said previously, so this can be used in other cities. We are literally their only reference. The Baltimore Police Department anticipates the program beginning sometime this week. Among lawsuit plaintiffs are Baltimore community advocates leaders of a beautiful struggle a grassroots public policy think tank, Erica Bridgeford, co-founder of the Baltimore Ceasefire Project, and Kevin James, a community organizer and hip-hop musician known as Son of None, the plaintiffs have said such widespread surveillance would violate privacy rights, give more power to a police department with a documented history of civil rights violations, and impede community relations the last thing the citizens of Baltimore need right now is to be watched every minute of every day, James said. In Friday's opinion, Judge Bennett did note that the actual precision of collected images, described as dots that won't identify personal characteristics, has not yet been proven. Plaintiffs also have standing under the First Amendment, he wrote, to challenge the collection and retention of data associated with them. There's no dispute plaintiff's images will be captured by the aerial investigation research, planes deployed by persistent surveillance systems and that those images will be preserved in a server it maintains, unanalyzed imagery data collected by the sophisticated camera system, which will capture 32 square miles of the city every second, will be stored by the company for 45 days, unless part of an investigation, police say. The six-month pilot is also set to go forward despite Gov. Larry Hogan's stay-at-home orders and staged reopening plan that limits future public gatherings, which the American Civil Liberties Union has contended would undermine any effort to prove the trial program's effectiveness in fighting crime. I find this bizarre given that the purported purpose of the pilot is to gather data to see if this is effective and whether there is a deterrence effect, says Ashley Gorski a staff attorney with the American Civil Liberties Union National Security Project, how can they possibly measure the plane's deterrence effect when there is a stay-at-home order? It makes no sense at all. In response, the Baltimore Police Department has argued that data collected will be meaningful because crime has continued in recent weeks despite the governor's social distancing and stay-at-home orders. As of April 13, 2020, Baltimore had experienced 81 homicides five more than the same duration of time in the prior year. The police department noted in its response to the American Civil Liberties Union suit, Certainly, there is no shortage of murders, shootings, and armed robberies requiring investigation. There's no indication that police would use the surveillance planes to enforce the stay-at-home order or related law enforcement. Under the contract between Baltimore Police Department and the private company, Ohio-based Persistent Surveillance Systems, which specializes in such military-grade technologies. Under the contract, police access to surveillance images is limited. Police say they will request the company's analysis of visual data for targeted violent crimes, such as homicides, shootings, armed robberies, and car deckings, though Commissioner Harrison also has discretion to request data analysis under extraordinary and exigent circumstances. Gorski adds, there are no guardrails for that discretion, plaintiff Davon Love, director of public policy with leaders of a beautiful struggle, called the district court's decision extremely disappointing, this kind of technology should not be in the hands of any police department, especially one with a history of pervasive corruption, Love said, this technology will compound the harms inflicted on residents who have been impacted by well-documented police abuses in Baltimore. From Tucson, Arizona, Tucson.com reports the Tucson Police Department will no longer be forced to star in videos that cater to cop haters. The city council took action last week on a distinctly 21st century problem, people showing up at crime scenes with cell phones in hand, looking to create conflicts they can post online for profit. It's a trend seen by law enforcers around the country and around the state. The Arizona Daily Star found in a review of court records and related documentation, the provocateurs are part of a loose network of people who call themselves First Amendment auditors and claim they're protecting the public's right to monitor government activities. About a dozen such people are operating in Arizona, a former participant told the Star. He said some regard themselves as sovereign citizens, an ideology linked to domestic terrorism, according to the FBI. Tucson City Council members unanimously passed a new ordinance to curb such activity after viewing video of an extended verbal attack on a pair of TPD officers earlier this year. The council created a new Class II misdemeanor punishable by a maximum $750 fine. It allows TPD to arrest those who refuse to stay outside crime scene boundaries while filming at police calls. In the video shown to council members, a man approached two officers, one of them female as they guarded the perimeter of a crime scene. When asked to move back, he launched an extrated tirade, shouting the B-word, the C-word, the F-word and other obscenities for about 20 minutes as his camera rolled. It was horrific, Ward 4 council member Nikki Lee said of the footage. The emotional violence was pretty terrifying, Ward 1 council member Lane Santa Cruz agreed. The officers kept their cool during the run-in, the footage showed. Meanwhile, Online viewers of the live stream cheered the man's outburst, and joined in by posting anti-police slurs such as oink oink and here piggy piggy, the star found, some council members said they were shocked to learn existing laws didn't quite cover such situations, the behavior on that video is so egregious, I can't imagine there's not something illegal about it, said Ward 6 council member Steve Kozashik, Tucson City Attorney Mike Rankin said that until now. Officers had few good options to deal with such cases. One Arizona statute makes it a crime to refuse a police order to disperse, but it only applies if a fire or riot is underway, Rankin said. Another only applies if a person uses force or threatens to use force during an arrest. A third law, the criminal trespassing statute, can only be enforced by order of someone with lawful control of the property, which doesn't necessarily apply to police calls on public land. Rankin said. Tucson Police Chief Chris Magnus, who pushed for the new ordinance, said the problem is so pervasive it's becoming a distraction for officers trying to carry out their duties, this has been happening, in some cases, on a nightly basis, he told the council, Magnus said the police department supports the public's right to film police encounters, so long as it's done from a safe distance at crime scenes that often are chaotic by nature. Many other Arizona cities already have similar measures in place, he said. The council will review the ordinance in a year to see if it's working as intended and whether the boundaries police are setting up are reasonable for the circumstances. Council Member Lee, the mother of a biracial child, said she wants to make sure police are sensitive to the needs of minorities who may feel compelled to film law enforcement to protect themselves from perceived discrimination. This is something that affects the black community and other communities in a very special way," Lee said. The man who made the video that shocked council members has been arrested at least twice since 2018 over similar clashes with police in Texas and Florida, the star found. The Florida charge was dropped and one in Texas is winding through the courts. Online records show, the man's name is listed in court records as Baokok Tran Nguyen, age 36. He has his own YouTube channel called Clash with Bow, with more than 100 videos that document run-ins with Tucson Police, the University of Arizona Police Department and many others. Wynn couldn't be reached for comment for this story. The star tried to contact him through a former associate in Texas who said he forwarded the request for comment, but Wynn did not respond by deadline. The ex-associate, David Bailey, 57, of San Antonio told The Star said he got to know NoWin a few years back when he used to be a First Amendment auditor himself. Bailey said Winn lives in a van he drives around the country in search of potential police conflicts that could make him more popular online and bring in financial rewards. Bailey estimated about 500 Americans nationwide are involved in First Amendment auditing, a number he said is shrinking as more end up in legal trouble. Some have turned into scammers, he said like one who raised $9,000 online, ostensibly for legal fees, then pleaded guilty and kept the cash. Others regard themselves as sovereign citizens not subject to courts and laws, which puts them at high risk of conflict with authorities," he said. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.